When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> you know, I, 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 there is a oh! sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to the Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinaro on this Monday night. Happy Halloween, everyone. October 31st. I'm back. The Sick Podcast live at 10 p.m. Eastern. We're one minute past 10 o'clock, and we are live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter. And if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, and you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please do so. The more you watch, the more commission I make. Uh, <laughs> and the truth shall set you free. Sha-la-la-la-la. La-la-la-la. I'm back after being off on Thursday and Friday. And truth be told, and I told you on Thursday, I uh, I was going to take Thursday off. So the way we've uh, worked it all out is that I'm going to go Monday to Thursday live at 10 p.m. Eastern or immediately following the Canadians hockey game if it's later than 10 p.m. So, for example, tomorrow night and Thursday night, the Canadians play two games on the road. Tomorrow night in Minnesota, the game starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Thursday night in Winnipeg, that game also starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. Give or take, the game should be over at around 10.30 p.m. So I'm going to go on live immediately after those hockey games at around that time. I filled in for Matt O'Han probably about 10 days ago on a Friday, and he's supposed to be working the Friday, so he owed me one. So he said, uh, so I gave him a call, and I said, Matt, I need you to fill in on Thursday, which was 
about five days ago or whatever it was. And he said, okay, no problem. And uh, anyway, my son's soccer team was uh, being honored because they won the Canadian championship and I wanted to be there and be a part of that. And I said, if I make it back in time, I might just make a guest appearance. And I made it back in time. So I decided to join the show at the top of the show. But you all told me that I was fuzzy. I said, what do you mean? It can't be. How can I be fuzzy? And then I, I looked into I said, I can't have an Internet problem because I have a great Internet service provider. Number one. Number two, I'm hardwired. Like I'm going directly from my computer into my modem. How can I be fuzzy? So I called a few people and tried to get down to the bottom of it. And this morning, I spoke with someone regarding my 4K, my Sony 4K camera that I have set up, which was on manual focus. And the gentleman who's an expert said to me, there's your problem. You have to be on automatic. If you're on manual, you're going to go fuzzy every now and then. Go on automatic. So I went on automatic. And guess what? I'm no longer fuzzy. So for all of you who thought it was an internet problem, it was not. For all of you who thought that the mouse that was in my house about a month ago may have chewed up my wires, he did not. It was strictly a setting on my Sony 4K camera. Anyway, that's that. The Canadians off a couple of wins. A big one on Saturday night in St. Louis where they came from behind and they surprised a lot of people. And this team a year ago wouldn't have come back and won that game. They did. Christian Dvorak scored three goals. 73% 73% in the circle, 18 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time, two goals for Cole Caulfield. He has seven and nine. Those are two of the things that we're going to talk about. And we'll talk about the lines as well. We'll talk about Marty St. Louis getting a little upset with members of the media today or lacking a little bit of patience or maybe a question or two that he didn't like. A couple of players who were healthy scratches last game, one who had a therapy day today, that and much more. The Sick Podcast. Brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. And let me put on my glasses because old age sucks. In Italian, we say, So if you ship commercial freight and want to impress your boss with how much money you can save, get in touch with the logistics professionals at Energy Transportation Group. Email them at sick at shipenergy.com or visit their website at shipenergy.com. Before we get to our regular collaborator on Mondays, I want to say hello and good evening to the beautiful city of Ottawa. I was in the nation's capital last night watching the final of the Canadian Premier League, which featured host city Ottawa Atletico, and they played host to Forge FC of Hamilton, a game that Forge FC won by a score of 2 to nothing. And won their third championship in the last four years. 15,000 were in attendance at TD Place. And I had a chance to see a lot of people who listen and watch the Sick Podcast. And I want to say hello to them. And a special hello to Emilio's wife and daughter. Uh, So great to meet you last night in Ottawa. You made my wife feel like family. I've always been a big fan. Wish you all the very best to you and your family. This coming from Emilio. I got stopped by his daughter who said, oh, my God, my dad's your biggest fan. And I said, that's impossible because I'm my biggest fan. She started laughing, and that was my intention. Anyway, I said, so nice to meet you and so nice to meet your mom. And they said, you know what? Uh, Be awesome if we can call my dad. And I said, why don't you FaceTime him? And his dad and his daughter tried to FaceTime him. He didn't answer. And then she FaceTimed him again, and he did. And we had a quick FaceTime. 
And he said, Tony, I really miss you. I used to listen when you were at the other station. And uh, then I told him my story. But anyway, I'm not going to bore you with that. And uh, Emilio, it was really nice talking to you and meeting your daughter and meeting your wife. Speaking of which, the game. The game is being played and it's being shown on One Soccer, which is a streaming service. And the ball goes out of play at around the 40-minute mark. And where does it land? Play that. Apologize, that was pretty close quarters. Who is that guy? Hold on a second, show it again, show it again. Apologize, that was pretty close quarters. Is that Bradley Cooper? Is that George Clooney? No. It's Tony Marinero. I think my luck has changed because six years ago, that ball that went out of bounds would have hit me in the head and I would have had a concussion. That's how I suffered my first. Luckily, this one went right over my head, hit something, and bounced right on my seat. I grabbed it, threw it back, and there you go. Uh, in, in a stadium full of 15,000 people, I still found, uh, found a way to make my, uh, get myself on camera, which, you know what, I have to tell you, it's pretty sick, don't you think? All right, without further ado, he's our regular on Monday nights. We bring him in from sportsnet.ca. Eric Engels, what's going on? I can't believe you didn't soccer throw that thing back into play. Hey, wouldn't it have been amazing if I would have just headed it back? <laughs> well, then you'd be taking another concussion risk. So I Yeah, you're right about that. that. My, uh, my buddy Jules was next to me and my son Marco and my nephew Alex. And I looked at Marco and I said, Marco, I can't believe you didn't bicycle kick that back into the field. And we had a, we had a good laugh. Actually, the cameras didn't show it, but after, after I threw it back, a couple of people recognized me and started, you know, yelling my name. And I gave it the old like that. <laughs> and like a bunch of people stood up and started clapping. It was pretty funny. But speaking of which, you know, deserves a lot of accolades. Not me for actually throwing the ball back into play. But what a monster performance by the Canadians in coming back in that game on, on, on Saturday night. And in particular, Christian Dvorak, three goals, 73% in the circle, 18 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time. Eric, I've never seen him play a better game. Yeah, and that's fair to say because the puck actually went in the net for him. But the thing with Christian Dvorak is you look at since Marty St. Louis came back into the full or came to the Canadians and started coaching them, he's been pretty solid. And I think the biggest thing going against Christian Dvorak is, A, he had a horrible start to last season. Admittedly himself, he said several times it just wasn't – he just wasn't the player that we're used to seeing a night. <clears throat> I, I thought it was pretty confounding if not for the fact that, like, watching him in Arizona all those years, he was such a solid player – but the second strike going against him with Montreal fans is that there's nothing flashy about his game. There's nothing all that exciting about it. He takes care of all the little details away from the puck, and you're not going to notice that on TV. And he's never going to burn through the neutral zone and make a couple of moves and, and wow you with something. And that's that goes against you when you're not producing, especially in a place like Montreal, where he was coming in to not only fill in for Phil Deneau, but also for your spirit yeah. the enemy. So. Yeah. Well, good for him. Like, it, it's good to see him compensated for his efforts because the underlying numbers suggest that he was playing really good hockey from the start of the season. And I thought the chemistry with Gallagher was there. Um, now, you know, Josh Anderson joins the line and there's some good things happening and hopefully takes that positive momentum forward because Nick Suzuki can't do it all. He can't be no. the only center going. Sean Monahan's been really solid to start this year. He's been really impressive. So, Canadians have something good going on up the middle so long as Dvorak is, is doing what he's doing. And to see him get compensated and actually produce, um, obviously a pretty exciting night for him in St. Louis. 
The Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer Intense by Nature, like the Canadians on Saturday night, and Jake Allen in particular, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. You know, every time I watch Christian Dvorak, he makes me laugh because I think he's the player on the team who probably shows the least amount of emotion. Uh, This guy's got ice in his veins, and he kind of reminds me of Val Kilmer in Top Gun. I think we should call him Iceman. <laughs> I don't know, but we were talking to Slavkovsky after the game, and he's uh, we were talking about Dvorak, and he said, "Yeah, I, I was, I was, I didn't even focus on the hat trick. I was looking at his celly, just nothing on his face, no celebration at all. I thought that was stone cold. And it, it, it's uh, yeah, it could be a good nickname for him, the Iceman." All right, so uh, not only him, but Cole Caulfield scores two goals. He's now got seven goals in nine games. I think he's on pace for like, uh, I don't know, let's work it out here. So nine times nine, he's on pace for 63 goals. Um, I I don't, if you take a look at the body of work since Marty St. Louis took over, clearly this is not just a hot season and it's not a fluke. There's enough sample size to tell everyone that this guy... is for real as a goal scorer. And my buddy Jules, when we were driving back from Ottawa, who doesn't watch much hockey, just all of a sudden says to me, he says, did you see the way Cole Caulfield shoots that puck? He says, he reminds me of a golfer who has like the most amazing swing. It's like effortless. It's just, it's his technique is incredible. And it's just, he's got, it, he, we didn't know how to explain it, but just basically say, it was amazing. So I have to ask you, because I asked you probably about two or three weeks ago what they're waiting for a contract. For most Canadians fans, this is done. It's an eight-year deal, and give him pretty much whatever he wants. And if he wants the same deal as Suzuki, you can give it. And if he wants a little bit more, knowing that Suzuki was signed two years ago, you can probably give more anyway. You said that, you know what, maybe both sides in the end, they're going to, you know, he's probably going to sign a three-year deal and it'll be good for both sides, both parties. When do you think this is going to happen? I really can't say for sure because, like I said then, I don't think the incentive is there for Cole to rush into anything. And I think if the Canadians are trying to save money by giving him an eight-year deal, they're not likely to do it, right? Like, he's he's producing at an incredible level. I think, and I have an article coming out, uh, on this at sportsnet.ca that I co-wrote with Adam Vinyan, who's doing some work with us on the analytics side. He used to work for The Athletic. He's great. Yeah. Um, used to cover the, like, um, the the Nashville Predators, no? That's correct. Yeah. Anyways, Adam's great with the numbers, and we started crunching them. And look, you know, maybe the most impressive thing is what Suzuki and Caulfield have done together with a revolving door next to them. Is You know, they've played with eight different line mates, and we're not sure mm-hmm. who the ideal one is. We have a feeling... We know who the ideal one will be when that player develops properly, and that's probably Uri Slavkovsky. But right now, Kirby Doc's there. They had a pretty productive game thanks to the power play in St. Louis. And look, just going back to Caulfield and his contract situation, like I understand how Canadians fans want to see him locked up for as long as possible. I think they could rest assured knowing that he's going to be a Montreal Canadian for a long time, no matter what that new deal looks like. Um, you know, as a goal scorer, where goals are paid for as a premium in the NHL, yeah. Well, if, if the Canadians are going to save money on a long-term deal, they'd like to get them at a number that would be less than Nick Suzuki's or around Nick Suzuki's. And if you're Cole, you're saying, look, the cap is going up significantly, and in a couple of years from now, it could be well over ninety million dollars. And if I sign that right now on the trajectory that I'm on, I might be mm-hmm. selling myself short. And it's not like 
you know, he's looking at it like, oh, he should take a discount and, and, and the team should be able to compete and sign other players. You know, if he does that, at the end of the day, he is delivering and deserves to be paid for it. And I think in, in his view, if he gets to a place where they, all they offer him is an eight-year deal that's around Suzuki's money, he, he is better off waiting and signing a shorter-term deal that pays him a lot of money anyways, like Jason Robertson, who we were talking about before, who had a 41-goal season in Dallas after a 17-goal season, and all of a sudden he's making $7.5 million for four years. I mean, the precedent is there. And, and you look at what Austin Matthews did in Toronto, signing a five-year deal before coming up again for another big one. Like, I get it. You know, I, I just get it. I'm not saying that Cole is angling himself that way. I, all I know is that both sides haven't really had too many productive talks. At least that was the case going back to when the Canadians were in Detroit. And maybe that's changed since then. Maybe the phone has been picked up on one side mm-hmm. or the other. Mm-hmm. But I just think Canadians fans shouldn't worry too much about this. One way or the other, Caulfield's going to be here for a long time because you don't let go of players like well, that. Well, they're just worried that they're not going to break the bank and give them $10 million. That's what they're worried about, right? You know? Of course. Even, even but, though- but on a shorter-term deal, that's not going to be the number. And no. on a longer-term deal, if that is the number, what's the like? What's the rush to get there from the Canadians' perspective, to be honest with you? The only incentive to sign well, up eight more, years right now games, is to get uh, for less, right? Eric, like, yeah, well, the more games he plays, the more goals he's scoring, the more his value is going up, right? 45 points in his last 46 games since St. Louis took over. It, and it's unbelievable. He's got 44. It's unbelievable. Um, they're, they're one of the most productive duos in the NHL, and like I said, with uh, uh, eight different line mates. I mean, and, and none of them yeah. proving to be the perfect fit with either of them. So I, I think – What's happening between the two of them is something exciting. And I think if you are a Canadians fans, you're worried about the deal getting done. Um, you know, Cole Caulfield, one big incentive for him to stay long-term is that he'll have the opportunity to have Nick Suzuki be his center and that the chemistry between them is undeniable. And not just because one is a natural playmaker and one is a natural goal scorer. You know, getting to, the, to, to how Cole scores his goals, it's so easy to focus on the shot. But I see a better player this year than we saw last year. Oh, I, yes. Oh, the, yes, the, sir. The puck oh, is yes. just finding him in the places because he's putting himself in the right places and he's not cheating to get there. You know, he's, he's playing well all over the ice. It's, it's impressive watching these guys on a nightly basis. And for a team that wasn't expected to win as much. And yes, they're on a nice run here, five and four on the season, two wins in a row and doing yeah. better than anybody thought. And inevitably, you know, the goaltenders will stop saving the pucks quite as frequently as they are. The defense might break down a little or the offense might sputter a little, but these guys are appointment television. They're appointment viewing. It's oh, yeah. worth watching the Canadians just to watch those two guys play together. Uh, these guys are like tuning into the sick podcast. I have to tell you something. All kidding aside. You're so good, Tony. Honestly. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I got to tell you something. Uh, I, like you and I could be uh, Suzuki and Caulfield here in the sick podcast. You know, what's amazing, Eric, is not, is not only is Nick Suzuki a great playmaker and Cole Caulfield's obviously a great shooter, but it seems like they have a similar IQ because Suzuki makes passes that you don't think he's going to make. And Caulfield is able to get open when you don't think he'd want to even try and get open because there's no way that Suzuki could probably get him the puck for where he is. Like they just, they're like bread and butter. They know exactly where they are. That second goal that he scored the other night on Saturday night, that pass from Suzuki to find Caulfield. Wow. I couldn't, it was it was, it was Gretzky-ish, Adam Oates-ish kind of a pass. Yeah, and you want to talk chemistry. If you want to talk chemistry, it is the fact that Cole is expecting it. You know, like it, it is that he knows that Nick 
has that deception in him and, and he should be expecting that the puck will land on his stick for what is what turns into be an easy goal. And it, this always impresses me with the, the best goal, goal scorers in the game is that you always know the shot is coming from them. Yeah, You, you always know Vechkin is the guy the play is designed for, and yet he always manages to find a way to shoot it and get it through and score. Um, I think, you know, going back to that goal that you're referencing specifically and because it was scored on the power play and the way it was scored, you know, the reason it happens is because the Canadians started opening up some other options on their power play and not just setting it up from the top to get the Cole. Correct. You know, they, they ran a great play to Sean Monaghan down on the goal line, um, and he made a play between his legs. And and then all of a sudden you got the penalty killers thinking, oh, Suzuki's fading down, you know, through the slot, and is he going to pass to Monaghan again? And that creates that deceptive look for Suzuki to be able to, to send it over to Caulfield, and, and Caulfield later describes it as spooky Suzuki. Um, I think Sneaky's more apt Ooh. as a as a, yeah. uh, as a descriptor there. And I, yeah. I just – you're right, Tony. Like, they do think the game the same way, and they have come to understand each other quite well. And I was talking to people for this piece. Hold on there. a second. Spooky yeah. Suzuki, he said? Yeah. And you said what? I said Sneaky's a little more uh, of an apt descriptor. but Well, we could, we could do Sneaky Nicky. Yeah, sneaky Nikki. Yeah, I'm, you're you're sharp. You're on I, fire tonight. I'm good thing you didn't get. It's a good thing you didn't get. It's a good thing you didn't get concussed at that soccer game. You're, I'm not just another pretty face, you know, Eric. I got a yeah. couple of quick ones. It's a sick <laughs> podcast and brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. I'm there at least once a week. Hey, my buddy Jean Charles Lajoie, who I'm on with. Weekdays, Monday to Friday at around 8.05 a.m. at BPM Sport Radio 91.9 on your FM dial in Montreal. And on television, Monday to Thursday at around 5.30 p.m. on TV Sports. He's been asking for Kirby Doc to play the wing since training camp. Because he says he's not good enough in the circle. He questions his 200-foot game. He questions his hockey IQ, and so he thinks that he needs to be put in a position where the game is going to be easier for him. So he wants him on the wing, and he wanted him on the wing, and he got him on Saturday night. The question is, will he stay there, and should he stay there? Um, I don't agree with with JC, and that's okay. We're not all supposed to agree. I, Neither I agree do I. I agree. I agree on one point that he's not as good as he could be in the faceoff circle, but he's also 21 years old, and I think it's an easy thing to forget when you're talking about it. Sorry, he's 21 years old. It's easy to forget he's only 21 when he's played four seasons in the NHL. This is his fourth season in the NHL, um, but it takes time to get better at that, and he's not going to get better at it from the wing. And I think he plays a strong 200 foot game. He's defensively aware. He's got a great stick. He's annoying to play against in terms of his abilities. Um, he's good puck possession, good through the neutral zone. He's a puck carrier and needs to have his touches, which he might not get enough of playing with Suzuki and Caulfield because the puck can only get around enough when those two guys are on the ice. Um, Marty St. Louis, I asked him about this today specifically. I said, are you concerned about Kirby's development at center if you're going to give him an extended look on the wing? And he said, look, we have five centers and we have time to figure this thing out. So I don't, I'm not, you know, obviously don't want to take away from his development time at center, but I do want to give this a proper look. Um, because he believes that Doc adds not only size to that line, but poise as well with the puck. But, that he's fast off the rush and fits in well off the rush with those two guys, which is how they produce most of their points. So, Is it safe to say that if he was blown away with him at center, though, that he would have kept him there? 
I honestly think it was more about getting a look with him and Caulfield and Suzuki. Like I said, like eight different wingers, including yeah. Doc, with these guys since St. Louis took over. It's because they haven't found the exact fit. I mean, you watch the way Josh Anderson plays with them, and it's great. They do produce off the rush, and Josh Anderson is a rush player. But inevitably, you want to be able to vary the way they create offense, and you want to create more of an offensive zone look and the ability to create goals off the cycle between those three players, whoever they may be, with the with the duo. Um, and, and I think that's brings back to brings me back to Slavkovsky, and I, I think a lot of people want to see Slavkovsky there right now, and I think it's better that Slavkovsky continue to develop the way he's developing because you're starting to see the little habits he's learning them and he's starting to put them into action. And Marty St. Louis was dead accurate saying that was his best game in the NHL in St. Louis because watch the board battles coming up out of his zone and how he won them. Watch how he won the puck back when he lost it. Watch those little things start to come together, and as he continues to build that in a more sheltered role, um, it'll be easier and easier to start envisioning him completing that line with Caulfield and Suzuki because the work that he could do down low in front of the net, off the rush with his creativity and his intelligence and being able to read those two players and play with elite talent, there's no question that as a long-term fit, he, he really could be the guy, but you mm-hmm. can't just start throwing him into 18 to 21 minutes a night playing against top lines and top defensive opposition before he builds up these habits in his game and builds up his confidence at this level. He's just learning. It's it's early in the process. Yeah. But man, as he goes along, you could see why it'll work. And I think the reason why Doc is there right now is because Monaghan works really well in the middle and Doc is developing there. And Doc does bring a size element and a possible element of varying the offense that those two guys create. Because I'm telling you, Tony, when you look at the actual numbers, the amount that they generate off the rush is really impressive. But that's bound to slow down as you get past the 10-game mark in the NHL and things tighten up. So I I get what Marty's doing here. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick and give it a thumbs up. If you're listening on audio, please leave us a five-star review and write sick. We definitely do appreciate it. Speaking of Slavkovsky and getting into these habits, well, hopefully Marty St. Louis is going to get into the habit of throwing Uri Slavkovsky over the boards when the Canadians go on a power play because he was on one on Saturday on the second unit, and hopefully he's going to create some muscle memory in that one-timer off the right-hand side, left-handed shot. Boom! He wired it for a slap shot, one-timer, Power play goal, his first power play goal of the season. Eric, it looks like they had a plan for him to bring him along slowly but surely, and it looks like they put him on the power play just in time. Yeah. What a shot. Yeah, maybe they're not that dumb. You know, like everybody's saying, why isn't he on the power play? Why isn't he on the power play? And Marty's saying all along, he's got to learn our power play before we just throw him in there and like put him in a situation where he can possibly succeed. And what, what, Slapkovsky himself revealed the other night is that he's been in on every power play meeting since the beginning of the season. Um, he has been learning and the opportunity to watch the game from above because he was injured for three games and not made a healthy scratch enabled him to also see how much time he might have and where he'd like to create opportunity for himself to be able to produce on the power play and boom, gets out there on his very first power play. But look, he had a 30 second shift earlier in the game. At, at the at tail end of a power play and then got out there for a real shift and scored. Um, the coaching staff is not stupid here. They're bringing them along the right way. They're bringing them along the way you would want them to for an 18-year-old first overall pick in a pressure-packed market like Montreal where they'll give him little pieces to bite off until he can chew more. Like, And 
it just makes sense to do it this way. And I know, I know if Kirby Doc has one or two games on that top line where it doesn't work the way it did in St. Louis, people are going to be banging their fists on the table and saying, put Slavkovsky there already. Well, just be patient. Yeah. Because if they bring this kid along the right way, it won't be for a couple games that he plays with Cole and Nick. It'll be yeah. for seasons. So, and, and that's what I think that's what they're angling towards here. And they're trying to build them into that player. And it, look, you know what the body of work, you know what the body is here. It's six foot four, 238 pounds. He's got to grow into it and learn how to use it. And as he does and starts to get comfortable with that, mm-hmm. understand how he matches up physically with other players, he brings the elements that you would want to complete that line. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, the yeah. ability to work down low, the ability to work in front of the net, the ability to join the rush with creativity, uh, and the the no the the know how like the no the knowledge. I only said that six times before getting it right. The knowledge of how to play the game the right way, so that he's not caught just looking for offense and neglecting things on the defensive side against players that are elite. Thirty second shift for Uri Slavkowski with the Canadians. Five minutes shit. For Jonathan Huber, <laughs> God bless Daryl Sutter. My God, oh my God! And if you know I... he's kind of full of shit saying it, right? Like he's oh. being asked, "Is there an injury to Hubert?" And he's just, you know, he'll give you something different. I love Daryl. Agnello and Sammy back at Master Control. This was not planned tonight, but if we can find. Daryl Sutter being asked why Jonathan Huberto was, you know, had to go to the locker room and he was missing for about five minutes. Oh my God. I was, I, I, I think I watched that. Like, I think I watched it 10 times over. I couldn't believe that he said that it was, think, uh, it was absolutely, it was, it was, that was crazy, man. So if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter right now, if you've never seen it, that's uh that's unbelievable. But anyway, the beauty of podcasts is that I could say that word right now. And it's okay. And, uh, you know, okay. um, yeah. Is it think... still a swear word? Is that a yeah, swear word? You, you know what? Listen, my, my employers, my current employers will be okay with it. And uh, if I would have said that uh, probably uh, six or seven months ago, I I probably would have got in trouble. But then again. Um, you answered a no on Marinaro. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I would have got in trouble, but uh, others probably not. But anyway, uh, okay. The Sick Podcast with Marinaro's Tascam Equipment. Is supplied by Ericsson Audio, the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast professionals. Let's see if we can get that, by the way. Hey, Agnello and Sammy, can you guys come up now, or you can't come up because we have Eric? I'm trying. Let's see if they can come up. If they come up in five seconds, I know they can. Oh, they can. Look, oh, look at, man. Go at, go at the quiz. Go at the, look, at, look at this guy. Look at uh, uh, uh. What's the story there? What, you can't talk now, or what? I don't hear you. Take yourself off hear, mute. Now you hear me. Now you hear me. Uh, now I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. What's going did, on? Did you find me that clip with Daryl Sutter by yeah, any they're chance? Work, they're working on it right now. Yeah, they're working on it. Who's working on it exactly? Uh, Sammy and Juliana. Sammy and Juliana. Okay, so you let me know when you have it, okay? Yep, definitely. Happy Halloween. Happy Thank Halloween, you. Sammy. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right. I, I want to get to this, though. Here's the big news on Saturday night. Marty St. Louis with... Not an easy decision for some, maybe an easy decision for others. Uh, some would say it takes a little bit of courage. Others will say not really because two players who are in the final year of their contract and Marty's no longer has the interim tag, so he's in full control, he's in full power. But Marty St. Louis makes Evgeny Dadanov and Jonathan Drouin 
a healthy scratch. Uh, and Rem Pitlick, by the way. And in comes Armia, in comes Slavkowski, and in comes Pizzetta. And his team rewards him with a big win, and Slavkowski picks up a big goal. And today at practice, we were told that Dadanov was out for a therapy day. So I think Marty was asked if it was therapy on Saturday night and if it was related to that, right? Let's take a look at the clip. Members of the media and Marty St. Louis ask, uh, replying, responding to questions about Evgeny Dadanov. boys, okay, Il était pas sur la glace aujourd'hui. Chantal vous l'a dit. Fait qu'arrêtez. Ah, mais vous l'avez déjà demandé. The question, for whatever reason, touched a nerve. And um, based on my experience, and you can tell me, Eric, based on yours, it's there's there's frustration there, and there's something that he doesn't want to tell us. I mean. Didn't you get that feeling? No, there's something that he doesn't want to do, and that's basically put his players in a bad position. And go back to Saturday night. When he talked about taking Drouin out, and by the way, just so you know, that stuff, the question was asked by Luke Jelena, totally fair question because Dadnov didn't play. He was listed as a healthy scratch, and then all of a sudden he's missing from practice for a uh, maintenance day. So you're wondering, did he get hurt in between? So totally fair question. Um, and that was sorted out right after that scrum with those two guys and Marty, and he just apologized and said, I'm sorry, guys, I didn't mean to, like, it's just you guys got the reason why he's not skating today. We're not going back to Saturday, but I'm just going to get back to the point, which is okay. that. Oh, so he apologized. Yeah, yeah. yeah this okay. was this was squashed right away. What you catch on camera, and this is this often happens, right? It's good We're to working know, every it's day. Good to this, know. Yeah, good to he's going to get annoyed or whatever it is because yeah. he doesn't feel the need to answer a question that he feels has already been answered, right? We knew that Dadnov was out for a therapy day, but it, there, it was a totally fair question because he was a healthy scratch on Saturday. So if, did something happen between Saturday and Monday that would have him missing practice? Yeah. And it was speculation, of course. You know, Joel Edmondson's making his way back to the lineup. It, it, the distinct possibility that Dadnov ends up on waivers over the coming days is yeah. certainly there. But I want to come back to Saturday night because when he was asked why Drew A. Pitlick and um, Dadnov were coming out of the lineup. Yeah. He said it's purely circumstantial. He didn't want to talk about how he had to make a decision, and the decision, the easiest decision for him to get three forwards in would be to take these specific three forwards out. And if those three forwards have been playing been better than other three forwards, it would have been somebody else. He revealed an answer later on when I asked him what he's looking to improve from Buffalo to St. Louis that kind of explained why the three guys that were coming in were coming in and the three guys that were coming out were coming out, which is that he said, I'd like some more consistency in the offensive zone. The puck has to be on the outside sometimes, but we need players going to the inside of, of, of the ice for us to get the puck to the inside. And that in itself was revealing in terms of why he selected Drouet and uh, Pitlick and Dadnov to come out of the lineup and inserted these big boys, and it led to a win. But Marty himself, as a former player who's been in every situation, including being the healthy scratch, is not looking to denigrate the players. He already knows it's hard enough to be telling seasoned veterans in the NHL that they're not playing on any given night. Mm -hmm. And with 15 forwards, he's got an internal competition to manage. Now, that yeah. situation is going to change as we go along here, Tony. And mm -hmm. provided everybody's healthy when Joel Edmondson comes back, which won't be tomorrow in Minnesota, but will be soon enough, Yeah, I think you're going to see... I think it's a strong likelihood 
unless they decide to send one of their young defensemen to the American Hockey League, which I don't see happening at this stage of the season, but I could be wrong, that they're going to waive Evgeny Dadnov because he won't get claimed on waivers. Whereas if they waived Michael Pozzetta, I think they know that there's a really strong chance he would get oh, claimed. For because sure, of the 100%. Thing. So this is the reality. Kent Hughes has been calling all around the league to clear up the logjam uh, at forward, and it's just not a possible thing to do in November when every team is tied up against the cap and yeah. no one's looking to not send money back in a trade like that. So this is the situation they have, and while he knows that every game he's going to have to Marty knows every game he's going to have to scratch two or three players and chances are they're going to be veteran players. And the last thing he wants to do is be going through the media and talking about how their performance isn't up to snuff or this or that. He's going to have those conversations with them and tell them what they can do to increase their standing within the team, but he's not going to do it with us. And that's, I, th- I think that's why he got his back up a little bit today when the questions came about that. No. Hoffman next. I don't know. I mean, the coach seems to have, I don't want to call it a blind spot, but a bit of a soft spot for Mike Hoffman. He sees a certain hockey sense and ability there that maybe a few people don't. You know, I I will say this about Mike Hoffman because I find he's become a whipping boy within the Canadians fan base. His effort has been pretty strong. Like I I, I see him engaged physically and trying out there. His decision-making is certainly questionable, especially on the power play where he seems to make passes out there that, no one is on the same page necessarily when he's making some of these plays. He does make some good ones too. And he's been a productive player under Marty St. Louis, but you know, inevitably if his production doesn't come up and if the decisions don't get a bit better, the competition level will not necessarily be enough to keep him in the lineup. And he could find himself as one of those guys in that rotation. Um, But we'll see, you know, it's a day by day thing, right? Eric, if I was Mike Hoffman, the first thing I do is take myself on Twitter, off Twitter. Uh, somebody tweeted something the other day. I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, my expectations for you weren't very high when you were signed. But, uh, I mean, I didn't think you were, the, you know, the, you're even worse than I thought type of thing. And he liked the tweet. Oh, and, yeah? Yeah, he liked the tweet. And, uh, you know, you, I can understand if those people make nothing of it. Maybe you don't. And that's, But I just, you know, Montreal, we know how Montreal is, especially if you're not bringing it. We know how passionate Canadians fans are about their team. Like, I just, you know, if just be happy he doesn't play for the Leafs, man. If you're bringing it and you're scoring goals, that's one thing. But if you're not like scoring goals, generating offense, probably not a good idea for you to be on Twitter. You know what? Can I? Can I? I want to take it in another direction here because I got to say, the Washington media hands out an award every year to the the player they feel is the the most gracious with them, mm-hmm. uh, just the the most pleasurable to speak to and everything like that. And I was thinking to myself today. If we did that in Montreal, I could easily make a case for Jonathan Drain. Because for him to be requested to speak after a game where he's a healthy scratch, uh, and this is a difficult situation for him in what's been a very difficult era with the Montreal Canadiens, and he shows no hesitation whatsoever and comes out and talks and is gracious with his time and even answered extra questions from me on an unrelated subject today. Like, this guy takes so much heat in this market, and he's a stand-up guy. Like, honestly, if I were in his situation uh, and I was being made a healthy scratch in a contract year where, you know, let's let's I don't think he's been particularly bad since the season started. He obviously had a tough camp and started off a little behind the eight ball, having missed some time with the flu. But, you know, 
you got to give credit to these guys for the things they do do well as well. And like he does provide some some offense at key moments and mm-hmm. and did in you know the win over the Penguins uh, going back uh, to uh, a couple Mondays ago. But he's a stand-up guy coming out and talking as a healthy scratch in a situation where he's probably not playing in Minnesota again come tomorrow. And, and you know, the people are asking to speak with him about it, and he just comes out and does it. There's not a lot of guys that would necessarily do the same thing, i got to tell you. So, you know, no matter what the fans think and what they say on social media, um, and, yes, yeah. it's fine to be critical, and when you don't see the production, these guys make a lot of money, and they understand it comes with the territory. But at the same time, yeah. human beings, and they deserve credit for different things as well. Um, it, you, it's very easy to point out all the bad stuff, and and you got to be able to point out the good stuff too. Yeah, I'm a little bit rattled because I think I just heard the mouse again. But anyway, all right. <laughs> uh, before, you know, I, I'm not kidding. Actually, I'm about to grab that hockey stick right now. Before we, uh, the mouse is going to take a shit. Just to defend, my, yeah. If we can, here's Daryl Sutter on ask why Jonathan Huberto was missing last game for about five minutes. Huberto left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Are you able to say what it was? I think he'd go take a shot. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Eric, always fun. So I take it you're in a hotel room in Minnesota, right? I'm in a hotel room in St. Louis because practice was here in St. Louis and there was no direct flights uh, this afternoon. So I'm flying game day to Minnesota, which oh, is you're a flying game day to Minnesota. rarity for me. But, hey, you know, that's part of the gig. This We're is flying out tomorrow. It's been a fun trip. Flying out at 10 in the morning. Okay, it's a good time. I'll get in, I'll get a workout in, and uh, go to the game, watch it happen, and write about it at sportsnet.ca. And I think tomorrow morning there will be a good piece coming out on Sportsnet about who the ideal fit with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki could be and how those two guys have managed to go on an incredible run without having a stable partner with them. Look forward to it, Eric. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. My pleasure, Tony. See ya. All right. It's time for me to get my workout in. Anise flavored, Pizzelli, very good. I shouldn't do this. I got a note from somebody saying it looks so bad when you eat while you're doing your podcast. It looks terrible. Oh, sorry. Because if we're working in radio, we're eating all the time, but we just hit the off air button while we're eating, and you wouldn't know it, and that's okay. But while you're on camera, no, no, you can't eat. You can't eat. I can eat. It's my podcast. I'll do whatever I want. Thanks for your feedback, though. Anyway, I appreciate it. Need some more. Hmm. Very good. Okay. I am. Sandro Da Vinci. Where's the Nutella? No Nutella for me. No, thanks. Joe Peltier. Tony cut the carbs, you think? Yeah. Easier said than done, I guess. I think I figured it out that I'm not supposed to be uh, having carbs, but, um, you know, it's, um, I'm not that disciplined. My wife is amazing. 63 pounds later, six months, 63 pounds. She's unbelievable. Uh, I brought up uh, Jean-Charles Lajoie before, by the way, who I work. Um, Tony, are you paying for a check mark on Twitter for $20 a month? I, I don't think I will. I don't think I will. In case you missed that, um, Elon Musk, of course, who took over Twitter and bought Twitter. One of the things they're thinking of introducing is if you're verified on Twitter, which I am, and I have that blue check mark, if you want to stay that way, you have to pay $20 a month. Um, the $20 a month is not the problem. The principle of the whole issue to actually pay for the check mark, that's what bothers me. 
And I don't think I will. And I don't think I'm not going to lose followers because I'm, I don't have a check mark. And I don't think people are not going to follow me because I don't have one. So I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to pass on paying the $20. All right. I think I'm going to pass. Speaking of Jean-Charles Lajoie, uh, a lot of people were wondering uh, how my move would go to French radio and French television. Want to bring up something courtesy of hockeytrant.com, who got a sneak peek at the ratings before they actually come out. So this is up until uh, last night or a couple of days ago. Jean-Charles Lajoie est en train de gagner son pari, meaning Jean-Charles Lajoie has won his bet. Les cotes des cotes pour le show de Jean-Charles Lajoie monte en flèche. His ratings are going up big time. Son chum Tony Marinaro et la chimie incroyable entre ces deux-là a ramené les gens sur TVA Sport et sur BPM Sport. Bien joué, Jean-Charles. Uh, his friend Tony Marinaro and the incredible chemistry that they have together have brought people back to TVA Sports and listening to BPM Sports. Well played, Jean-Charles Lajoie. So needless to say, it's going well where the ratings so far on French radio, BPM Sports, and TVA Sports Television have pretty much doubled from where they were one year ago today. And uh, there's others um, uh, who aren't doing as well. <laughs> All right. Um, I can't believe you actually uh, quote... Um, uh, a website that uh, has made fun of players. Well, you know what? They used to make fun of me, too. And uh, so for a change that they haven't, I'm going to quote them. Uh, Tony, what do you think about athletes searching their name on uh, Twitter? Um, I think we all do it, unfortunately, and we probably shouldn't. Uh, others coming in. Anthony laughed that one. Sandro Da Vinci says, sick. Uh, Tony, keep up the great work. This coming in from Matthew Da Costa. And um, Crypto Bunny says, I don't need the check mark. Why don't we do this? Agnello and Sammy, let's go back to you. Take a little bit longer before I fire both of you, even though you own the company. What's going on? Hold on. We have something to use. Every time you every time you make fun of us, yeah. we came up with a nice thing for you today. Watch. Yeah. Oh, we lost you. We lost you. Don't ever do that again. People are going to stop. They're going to start uh, stop tuning out. But they're gonna, don't do that again. Don't do that again. <laughs> we got a problem here. What's the problem? And I know I'm in the minority here. Yeah. Well, the Canadians have a record of five and four. Yeah. I wish their record was two and seven. Stop. Not because I don't like them. I want to rebuild. I, did you see the highlights of Fantilli? Yeah, Have you seen the highlights of Bedard? But I, I kind of agree with George Larocque. You, uh, you can't cheer for your team to lose. Huh? I, I can't do that. Are you, you know, would you cheer for Bedard or Fantilli for the next 10 years? No, because I don't believe the Canadians, the way they're playing, are going to finish in the bottom three. I really don't. No, I know, but that's what my problem is. I'm upset about it. Like, you know, I, I wanted them to be a team that was going to lose most of their games. And based on what I'm seeing and based on it looks like they're going to be progressing and getting better all the time, I don't think we're going to see a team that's going to finish in the bottom three or bottom four or bottom five. A lot of people are commenting that they're going to make the playoffs. 
Now, I, I said at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year, I think I said before the season started, I think they said they'll finish in the bottom six, and I can see them finishing in the bottom ten. That's the best season I thought they'd have. And that's my worry, that if they finish, like, 20th in the league or 22nd, that's no man's land. Like, that's the place you don't want to be. I think they have enough young players that they can build around what they have. Well, you don't think they'd be better? Yeah, but I understand well, that. Of but... course, you'd be better if you get better of course. Well, they have, yeah, you, have, you know, they have enough young players. But you I know? can't. I don't know. Yeah, I, want, I always want You have team. enough podcasts. If you had a chance to add another Tony Marinaro, would you want to add another Tony Marinaro? Oh, I have to think about that hey, one. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> stop. One of the best drafts in the history of the National Hockey League is going to be 2023. Now, a lot of people, you know what they're saying? They're saying... Okay, so based on that reason, you don't have to draft first. I get that. But, I mean, the first, second, and third picks are going to, like, they're, those are home run picks. I agree. You never know. They might make trades at the end. You don't know what's going on. You know, happening. our buddy Chris Latornad, the, whichever these, you know, the, the top three players that are going to go in the draft, these guys, their rookie card's going to be at three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 right away. I know. It's unbelievable. I think there's a new series of cards coming out in November with a good class, too. November 9th. I think we're going to have them on for that box, with the box. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we're going to try. All right, okay. So, listen, well, what do we want to do here? We're going to take uh, comments. We're going to take questions. What are we doing here? I was going to put up some comments for you. Did the Leafs fire their coach yet? No, not yet. You have your eye on it that just in case it happens or what? Time for you. Keep us on our Yeah, they, you know, they would never put that out, by the way, at 10.48 p.m. Eastern time. That's usually something that goes on, you know, a, 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 you know, a press release will go out or a tweet will go out in the morning. At around nine o'clock, because then they would summon all members of the media at around noon, like three hours later. So it's not going to happen now. They they but, play the Flyers Thursday night, so I mean, if they do it, they'll probably do it after that if they lose. But the Leafs are a disaster right now. Disaster. Disaster. Bar- Barry Trotz has to be going to tour. If they lose a couple of more games, you'd have to think they're going to bring in Barry Trotz, who used to be the coach of the Washington Capitals, and before he got there, there was a country club environment and atmosphere within the Capitals. And they brought in Barry Trotz, and he basically just got down to business, and that team won the Stanley Cup, and then he left. You'd have to think, and I know Claude Julien's name has been thrown out there and stuff like that. You'd have to think that Barry, if, if Sheldon Keefe loses his job, Barry Trotz is the guy taking over. I read somewhere that Trotz doesn't want to come back. He wants to take a break. I don't know if it's true or not. You read that you read you read this where exactly? This I don't remember is, where I read it. I read so yeah. much. I don't remember where I read it. Why don't you pick up the phone and, and call Barry Trotz yourself? I can. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you have his number or what? You want his number? I can't give you his number. Okay. Are we gonna take some questions here? Okay, so, calls? What are we doing yeah. here exactly? Yeah, he just he didn't tell me what we're doing, he just got rid of me. Uh, how long does uh, Dadanov uh, get till he gets waived? Twenty games. Uh, he's done, I think. Uh, I I think he could be done. Yes, I think he could be done. Next, Ryan Katz. As of this moment, there are six teams that really look like they want Bedard. Montreal isn't one of them. Ryan, I agree with you. Next, Tony Titani. Habs need another tank year. We are blowing it with these pointless wins. Tony, I agree with you. Next. <clears throat> Tom Crouchman again, Hudson and Mayu on the power play and Dobish and net. Then we are ready for the playoffs. You're probably not wrong. I think Hudson and Mayu are going to be the two best players, two best defensemen to play the Canadians power play in quite some time. Lane Hudson scored a goal the other day. It was out of this world. The players never want to pick says Adam Lancaster. That's true. We re- we agree on that. 
Uh, seeing the Leafs lose like this, meanwhile, they are insanely good on paper is hilarious. It is. Patrick Waugh with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't think that's going to happen. Tony, two Marineros, it would be like two positives or two negatives coming together. They would repel, maybe. Others coming in. I'm reading some of your messages off YouTube, by the way. They should hire Michelle Terrier, says Andy. I think Michelle is in retirement. Doesn't want to come back. Living it up in Hollywood, Florida. That's where he is right now, by the way. He's got a place in Hollywood, Florida. Tony, are you watching the World Cup without Italy in it? No, I don't like soccer at all. I only watch for one country, and when they don't play, I don't watch any games. That's why I drove two hours to Ottawa yesterday to watch a game between Ottawa and uh, Forge FC in the CPL. Yes, I'm going to watch the World Cup. I have soccer in my blood. I love it. Obviously, if Italy would have been there, I would have had more rooting interest. But I would have been divided, like 50% Italy and 50% the Canadian men's national team. And now seeing that Italy is not there, I'm going to be 100% for the Canadian men's national team. So it's probably not a bad thing in a way. And you know what? Italy didn't deserve to make it. And as much as I like the Italian national team, when they deserve to win, they deserve to win. When they don't deserve to win, they don't deserve to win. And they didn't deserve to qualify for the World Cup. So in the end, they got what, you know, what was coming to them. Drewing on the first line with Nick and Cole. I don't see it. Uh, that's coming from Alexander Moyes. Trey to Allen and Anderson to the lease for two firsts and a prospect. The problem with that, what if Anderson and Allen help the lease win a Stanley Cup? Then you'll have helped the Toronto Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup. I would trade my guys, but I wouldn't trade them to Toronto. Last thing you want to be known for is helping the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. Italian national team needs a rebuild. Yes, it already started. With Skamak and Raspadori and a bunch of others. Um, opinion on Qatar. I'm not so sure I'm going to be um, pretty cool with the World Cup taking place from November 21st to December 18. It's kind of different, but for me, I'll be watching. Tony, if all the defensemen are healthy now, how would you pair them up? I don't know yet. Tony, they need Anderson so bad, says uh, Chubb Norris. You're right, they do. Tony, you uh, spoke about CPL this morning. Why is it taking so long um, to get a team in Quebec City, according to you? Well, they have their own league here in Quebec City, which is the PLSQ. And uh, for the longest time, I think they wanted teams in the PLSQ. And I don't know whatever other reason they have. Uh, I definitely think the province of Quebec can support a CPL team. I think you can put a CPL team in Laval. I think you can put a CPL team in Quebec. I think the province of Quebec can support one, maybe even two CPL teams. I think we like soccer here. I think you just have to be smart about it. I think you got to put a bunch of Quebecers on the team, maybe even all of them. My buddy Jules has a good idea. Call them with the Quebecois. Splash the fleur de lis everywhere. Give players from here an opportunity. And uh, I'd love to see Montreal have a CPL team. I'd love to see Quebec City have a CPL team. I'd love to see two CPL teams. Um, so, anyway, I don't know. One triple eight five eight five sick one triple eight five eight five seven four two five. If you want to give me a call, why is pairing of Monahan and Slavkowski makes sense to me? Am I crazy? No, you'll see them playing together at one point. You will, even though Slavkowski played last game with Evans and Pizzetta, and uh, Monahan and Hoffman had Armia at right wing and not Slavkowski. You like Slavkowski on the right, or do you like him on the left? 
Tony CF Montreal will suffer without being on television. They're going to be on Apple TV. Um, you're probably right. I hope not. I did read that there is going to be some, you know, they can have programming. They can have a, a channel on Apple television that they can have one of their providers from here actually offer programming and they can have like pregame shows and postgame shows and stuff like that. But uh, I hope not. I hope as many people as possible are still going to be watching CF Montreal, even on Apple TV. It's uh, some will say it's a very good deal for the MLS. Others will say that it's probably not a great deal for the Canadian teams. Uh, we'll have to wait and find out. I didn't know that last week. I read that it was over for local broadcasters. Well, it is on cable, but local broadcasters can still be hired and they can still have a show on Apple TV and you can still kind of have an in-house show with either pregame or postgame or something like that. I believe that's what I read. Others coming. What just happened there? Are we going to John in Toronto? John. Johnny there. And Yellow and Sammy just have to put him through and hit a button. All of a sudden, I'm going in the back and the this and the that. John. Hey, Tony. Hey, how are you? How are you? Good Not too bad. It's John from Toronto. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. My second. This is my second time calling, by the way. Oh, really? Maybe we should have a prize for you? for you on the third time. <laughs> how are you doing? How are you keeping? I'm fantastic. Okay, good. Hey, how are you? Tony, I just... I, I'm pretty good, thank you. Oh, good. Happy to hear Listen, uh, I, I just have one question. Do we yeah. know the roster for tomorrow evening's game? Do we know the roster? We don't know yet. I mean, tomorrow is game day, and there could be some changes to the roster that won on Saturday night. But I would say that they're probably going to go with the same roster. Okay. 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 Fair enough. All right. Thank you, Tony. Enjoy again, the rest of your evening. I don't know if they're going back to Jake Allen or they're going to Montembeau. I mean, that could change. Keep in oh, mind, they okay. also have a game yeah, in Winnipeg on Thursday night. So, listen, Allen will play one, and Montembeau will play the other. So, Allen's going to yeah. play. My guess is that they'll go with Jake Allen tomorrow, and they'll go with Samuel Montembeau on Thursday night in Winnipeg, and then they'll come back to Jake Allen on Saturday night when the when the uh, Canadians host the Vegas Golden Knights. What's okay, the number to call see. again, says a gentleman here on... Oh, uh, listen. Yeah, yeah, listen, question, yeah. Hold on a second. I'm just going to give out the number, okay? Meant, I'm going to give out the number. One second, please. One second, please. Gonna... About, uh... One second, please. I'm going to give out the number. One second, please. I'm going to give out the number. one 585 Go ahead, John. Hey, uh, Tony, you mentioned about, let's, uh, assuming that Pozzetta is sent back to Laval, you said that he goes on waivers if that's done? He will, yes. Really, eh? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. And, well, uh, and I would think that he will get picked up. You know why? Because he's a great team guy and he's an energy player. Yeah, for sure. No, I like, agree with you. Like energy transportation group. You understand? They like guys like <laughs> Michael Pozzetta. He's an energy player. <laughs> Thanks so much. Right, do I, do I make you, you laugh? Do, do I? Do I? Hold on a second. What? What? Do I amuse you? No, no. You. I, I love your show. No, no. Thank you. You're no. And I, I was just having. I, I was doing. You. I was doing Joe Pesci. You understand? Remember Joe Pesci? What was? What was the? Um, what was it? Goodfellas. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> you know when he when he says to him, "You're funny." What, what do you mean, funny? Fun, funny how? I think it was. Yeah, 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 I yeah, was, yeah. I think it was Ray Liotta, right? I think it was Ray Liotta to Joe Pesci. You're funny. You're funny. Funny. What do you What do you mean by funny? Do Do I amuse you? Do I make you laugh? No, no. But you're you're just funny. Like like the way you say this. Uh, mind you, uh, mind you, uh, Ray uh, Liotta passed away, right? Yes, he did. As a matter of fact, what was it? About six yeah, months or six months yeah, ago, or about a year ago, ago or so. Yeah, yeah. not too long ago. Very young too. I think yeah. he was in his mid sixties. Eh? Yeah, yeah, w- yeah. Way too young. You know, may rest in peace. Thanks so much. We got Giuseppe All from right, RDP. Enjoy, yeah, thank you. enjoy your evening. I'm gonna try. If we get off here, I'm gonna go in my spa. Giuseppe from RDP. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, how's it going there, Tony? Good. How are you? I'm good. Am I on uh, online there? Am I on? No, no, not yet because uh, we 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 take some calls offline, and we count okay. to about thirty seconds, and then we actually go live on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. I think I recognize the voice. Is we've spoken before, right? Yeah, maybe a week or two ago. A week or two ago, and that was the first time we had spoke about a week or two ago, or what? Yeah, on uh, the podcast, yeah, but we spoke on uh, on the radio show. Giuseppe, uh, Giuseppe, listen, we're we're going live in about twelve seconds. Before we do, just give me a heads up. What do you want to talk about exactly? Uh, I could talk about Montembeau, uh because I think he's uh, he's doing pretty well. Oh, okay, okay, we're going we're going live in three seconds. You ready? On three, good. two, one. We're live with Giuseppe from RDP, who wants to talk about Samuel Montembeau. Giuseppe, how are you? I'm uh, very good, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing extremely well. I believe I recognize the voice. Did we not talk about a week ago? Yeah, about a week ago. Yeah, yeah but a- that's it. I recognize the voice. What's going on, Giuseppe? Uh, first of all, I've done two number one. Two uh, means I'm the best, correct? Exactly. So if I print uh, up a new shirt, should I write... Tu si umelia, or should I write, io sono umelia? You know what? I like tu si umelia. Hold on a second. I think I have a shirt that says that without actually saying it. So this is the first time I'm going to do this. Why don't you talk? So while I take myself off air for 10 seconds, I go look for the shirt and I'll be back. You ready? Just say what's on your mind. People are watching you right now on Twitter and you can say whatever you want, okay? Sounds good. Hold on a second. I just wanted to, sure, sure. I wanted to talk about uh, Samuel Montembeau. You know, I think he's doing extremely well. Uh, Jake Allen is doing well also, but I find that from last year to this year, uh, Montembeau is really impressing me. Uh, I don't know if you can see this, but uh, look what it says. Who's better than me? Nobody. I like that. That's, like that, that that's, that's almost like saying, tu si umelia, You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I love it, Tony. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank it. you. Thank you. Giuseppe. Yes. We have to go to commercial break. We'll be back in 10 seconds. Can you hold on? Of course. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, we're back live. We go to Giuseppe and RDP. Giuseppe, what's going on? Uh, I'm very good, uh, Tony. I hope you're doing well, too. I'm very good. Giuseppe, I recognize the voice. I think we spoke about a week ago, correct? 
Yes, we did, sir. Okay, you want to talk about Samuel Montembeau. What do you tell me about Montembeau? What do you tell me, Giuseppe? You know what, Tony? Montembeau is really impressing me because uh, every game he's playing, I find he's getting better and better. And, uh, well, don't, don't get me wrong. I like Jake Allen, too. Yeah, yeah. But I too. find they should give yeah. Montembeau that little, that little shot. Uh, he's yeah. doing well now. He, he needs a, a shot to play. And yeah. at the same time, if, God forbid, he doesn't do too well, it's yeah. for us. We lose the points. At the end of the year, we're better off. You know what I like about Montembeau? This kid, you, first of all, you take a look at where he was a year ago. You take a look at him now. He improved. If progression was what they wanted to do, he progressed. He definitely progressed. Oh, yeah. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, he's a yeah. fighter. He's a gamer. This guy is a gamer. I like him. I do like him, and I see him getting better and better. Yeah, better and better. Yeah, Giuseppe, 100%. Yeah. What's going on yeah, in RDP? Tony, I want to talk about that mouse of yours. Yeah, let's talk yeah, about the mouse. Yeah, Giuseppe, let's talk about the mouse. Yeah. I, I have the same problem, man. Oh, really? But and I got uh, an exterminator. He came in, fixed the problem. Oh, really, eh? Exterminator. Yeah, what yeah. did they do? They dropped a little bit of poison on the floor or what? What's the story? No, me, it was in the attic. I never saw him, but I had a guy go in the attic, and uh, he, he saw, like, uh, excrements in the attic, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He saw in the attic that, the, the, yeah, yeah, of course, naturally. That's what happened. Yeah. They All say, right, my man. See, you know, one out of every five houses has that, too. Eh? Oh, and is I'm, that right? Eh? That, you just, uh, that you just took. Uh, the hockey stick, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I just took the hockey stick. Now, are you alone right now, or are you with somebody? No, I'm with my dog, like last time. My uh, wife and my daughter are sleeping again. Your wife and your daughter are sleeping, so you're alone with your dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what kind of dog you have exactly? Uh, Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, that's nice. Ah, uh, you better believe it. He's, uh, he's the best. Smart, oh, really? uh, but you wouldn't believe it. Are they, uh, do they bark a lot? Only when they see something outside or when the doorbell rings. But apart from that, they don't bark, no. Okay. Do they do they need to take a lot of walks during the day? Yeah, they want to walk, but they don't they don't bother you too much. Uh, but but I, don't, I wouldn't suggest one for an old person, you know, because no, no, a little bit no. on the crazy side. But for a young person uh, until fifty fifty five years old, it's okay. Giuseppe, you sound like a good guy to me. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, Giuseppe. All right, Tony. Take care, man. All right, there you have it. He has a dog, and people are telling me to get a cat if I want to get rid of my mouse problem. We, uh, we had a nice chat off the air. Then we went live 10 seconds later. Then we talked for about a minute. And then we went to commercial for 10 seconds, which there was no commercial. This guy's the best. JP from Laval. What's up, J- Tony? Yeah. Hey, I'm very good. Whereabouts in Laval exactly? Uh, like, uh, well, listen, if, if you have to think about where you live exactly, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to tell me. What do you want me to tell you? It's not too far from St. Dorothy. Not too far from St. Dorothy. So you're not actually in St. Dorothy? No. So where are you in exactly? Where were you? Laval West. Oh, Laval West. Yeah. Yeah, I know where that is. You're like Laval Solac, sort of. Oh, it's kind of like Laval Solac. But that's not Fabreville, is it? No. It's not Fabreville. Okay, very good. No. Yeah. Uh, Bungalow or cottage? (laughs) No, a house. A house. Townhouse or duplex? Uh, none of them. None of them. Just a nice, just a nice spacious home. Just a nice, spacious home. J- JP, what's on your mind exactly? What do you want to talk to me about tonight? 
uh, first of all, I want to say that your podcast is amazing. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just love your Italian presence. I love your Thank you. your aura. Amazing, amazing. But, hope, um, hopefully this thing is going to take off one day, and Yellow and Sammy are going to sell it for, like, I don't know, $50 million. And they'll take $5 million out of that 50 and they'll give it to me, and then I'll be fine. First of all, I want to Never say- mind $5 million out of the 50 If they sell it for $50 million... I want $25 million because I think they bring 50% of what they do to the table, and I bring 50% of what I do to the table. Never mind $5 million. $25 million out of 50-50. Let's bring them up. And yellow, Sammy. Oh, we can't bring them up. We're taking calls. I'll talk to them later. All right. But, um, yeah, yeah so where, where do we start here with the Canadians? And then, like, I get, I get your point on, like, the tanking perspective, but yeah. I've been to a couple of games this season, and I'm like – I'm telling you, we're definitely going to be surprised by these Habs this season. I think I like. I'm not sure about but surprised. How exactly? What, what, what are we talking about? Surprised? Your Stanley Cup or what? What's the story here? Stanley Cup. Just just imagine that. Like we even get to the finals. Like how crazy that would be. Oh, that was yeah. amazing. We got to the finals two years ago. I went nuts. I thought the Canadians were going to win the Stanley Cup. I had uh, I don't know ninety dollars on them uh, to win the cup. I think it was going to pay twenty two hundred bucks. Everyone told me to hedge. I didn't because I thought the Canadians were a team of destiny. And in the end, I lost my bet. Like, how can you oh, pick I, the Canadians to win I, the Stanley Cup at like twenty two to uh, twenty five to one or whatever it was? And they get to the final, and I don't even end up making a penny off it. I don't even end up hedging my bet. But how stupid can you be? That was me, Mister Stupido. Yeah, but like all I was going to say is just off the circumstances of this year, you know, like coming into this year with no expectations, nothing. Like reaching the finals this year would be absolutely insane. But yeah, that's why pretty far. Listen to me. But, uh, I, I believe for what it's worth, and I said this pretty much when they were hired, that the duo of Hughes and Gorton will one day deliver a Stanley Cup to the Montreal Canadiens. I also believe that they will be here for about 10 years. If Mark Bergevin was here for 10 years, they'll be here for 10 years, unless, of course, they want to end up leaving at some point. But I think they're going to be here for about 10 years, and I think they're going to deliver a Stanley Cup. one 585 is the number to call. JP from Laval, you have a great night. You sound like a good guy to me. That's JP. We spoke to John from Toronto. We spoke to Giuseppe and RDP. We spoke to JP from Laval. Who's up next? Marinaro. I'm taking calls. It is the Sick Podcast. Joe in Ottawa. Joe, what's going on? Hello. Joe. Hello. Tony. Tony, how's it going? I, I, I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you very much. Big, You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Ottawa. Hey? Big fan from Ottawa. Oh, really? Oh, Welcome. Yeah. Did, I, I, did I, we did we meet? Uh, did we meet last night or what? What's the story here? Did we meet? Well, I, you, you know, I, I sent you a message on Twitter. Uh, oh, you sent you know, me a message on here? Twitter, me, saying what exactly? Uh, if you're ever down here, you want to go for a burger, man. My treat. Oh yeah, I should have caught that yesterday. I would have had somebody pay me my burger instead. I ended up going to the restaurant uh, in the Byward Market, and I ended up spending like I don't know 120 bucks or whatever it was. Oh, it's it's crazy now, man. Yeah, then I went to the TD place. I wanted to buy a few things. I paid. I took out cash, and they told me, we don't take cash. So, wow. That's... I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah, at the restaurant, they didn't cash take cash. Either. They didn't take cash at the restaurant, and they didn't take cash at the uh, at the stadium either. So I had to pay on the credit card. Yeah. Do you understand? 
I'm not going to say which credit card I paid for because there's no credit card company that sponsors this podcast yet. But once they do, I'll give them all the mentions in the world. Joe, what's going on? Not too much, man. Just a big fan hoping for that rebuild. Uh, but You, you, know you want the rebuild too, eh? 100%. But you yeah. know, young players are, 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 are progressing and doing well. I guess it's a, it's a bit of a win-win, right? It is. It is. Well, it's a little bit of a win-win until, of course, the draft comes around. The Canadians have the 13th pick, and you're going to see Bedard, Fantilli, and Michkov go in the top three, and then you're going to wish you were one of those teams that got them. And then those teams that ended up selecting them for the next 10 years, you're going to see franchise players, and you're going to hope the Canadians would have had them. And at that point, it's not a win-win anymore, Joe. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's just that one more year we need. You know, because this year's draft is looking to be, you know, fantastic, right? So, yeah, it's just that one more year, but the young players are doing well. So, it's, you know, at the same time, you get excited to see Caulfield and Suzuki, you know, and, and Gouli and the young guys progressing. So, it's, uh, you know, ideally, you want to see 5-4 uh, losses, right? With the guys playing well, exciting hockey. You know what I mean? Oh, no, hold on a sec. Who is that exactly? That's my son, my youngest son. He's still, he's still awake right now. How old is your son? Uh, he's 10. He's 10 years old. And he's got yeah. school tomorrow. Uh, no, no. Tomorrow's a, tomorrow's a therapy day. He's, uh, he's special needs, so he's, okay. uh, he has no school tomorrow. So he's up a okay. bit. All right. Okay. What's his name? Uh, Angelo. Angelo. Yeah. All right. Can I say hello to Angelo? Is that possible? Or? As you can see, I have my earphones on because my wife is sleeping. Okay. All right. You know what? You tell Angelo hello from Tony Marinero. Angelo, Tony says hi. Can you say hi? Hi, Tony. Hi, Angelo. All right. That's my buddy. That's Angelo. All right. Okay. Angelo. Awesome. You know what? There's one thing quickly I want to run by you because I've been thinking about something, you know, for the NHL, and I don't know if the league will go for it, but I think it's something that would be fair for Canadian teams. Tell me. Let me know what you think. So I've been thinking, you know, to make things fair with the cap, we need some sort of an inflator that takes into account the, the income tax of the, of the area. A hundred percent. Right now, the American but, teams have such a, a competitive advantage. I understand, but here's the deal. Canadian teams. Do you think the league wants to overpay? Do you think, but, but, Angel, uh, but the Joe, do you think yeah. the league wants Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup final? hundred percent. You know what they want in the Stanley Cup final? They want the Los Angeles Kings in the Stanley Cup final. They want the New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup final. They want the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup final. They want the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup final. They want the Chicago Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup final. Those are the teams that they want in in the Stanley Cup final. They don't want the Montreal Canadiens, the Winnipeg Jets, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Orders, and all that stuff. Even though Edmonton Orders would have Connor McDavid, they want American teams in the Stanley Cup final. So even though the Canadian teams are at a disadvantage, I don't think they're going to do anything to help the Canadian teams. I don't think they will either. But when you think about it, where's the money coming from? Canada. And I know, I know growth. Yeah. Yeah, they look at the states, right, for growth. But in terms of you know stable income, yeah, it's always been Canada, right? Joe, so you you have been heard, and you give us something to talk about on the next edition of the Sick Podcast. Thanks so much, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. NBC three p.m. on Sundays. They want those teams. This coming in from Eric Lavallee. All right. So for uh, all of you who missed it earlier on this evening. 
when I talked about the fact that the Montreal Canadiens will visit the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern. That game will end, give or take, at around 10.30 p.m. So even though the Sick Podcast starts at 10 p.m., tomorrow night we're going to start later. We're going to start immediately following the hockey game right after the hockey game. We'll be on live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Tell your friends about it. Tell them the podcast is sick. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, 8.6 Beer, and Lacage. Thank you, all of you, for watching. Thank you, all of you, for telling your friends and family about it. Thank you to Angelo for staying up a little bit past his bedtime. And I wish that young man all the best. He sounds like a really, really nice and adorable kid. Angelo, you're the best. And so am I. Hey, Angelo. I'm Marinaro. Good night. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.